have sounded and the Cassock Club is once again processing into the world of professional wrestling. Genuflecting first with, as always, a shout out to Britt Baker, DMD. I am the East Coast Rev, Matt Rhodes. Next, processing in with the order of service for our wrestling conversation is our moderator, the Gulf Coast Rev, Worth Stewart. And finally, making his way to the ring, the reigning, defending, undefeated, undisputed holder of 10 pounds of gold and cincture, the West Coast Rev, Michael Sadev. How's That's it going, fellas? right, baby. Okay. okay. This gold feels good around uh, my waist. Okay. Let's calm it down there, sir. Calm it down. <laughs> Matt, excellent job on that intro. Yeah, I've been thinking about it for a couple of days. I figured Michael would be disappointed if I didn't work in his uh, nice tally of matches at All Out last weekend. Well, you're. The thing is, is that you're you're gonna have to keep. Uh, keep bringing it you gotta just come up with a new one every week is that what you're gonna do i'm gonna try to gotta keep it fresh for the listeners okay that's fair <laughs> enough guys how are y'all doing doing well yeah I, I couldn't be better in fact uh i'm just i'm just i'm golden really it's a yeah. it's a golden hour it's a it's a golden way of life it's just i love gold and i love being able to dance on graves to proclaim once again that I'm the best of the Cassock Club when it comes to these predictions. The first among equals, if you will. Uh, a true Archbishop. A true Nostradamus. A true just golden boy. Unbelievable. I don't know. The way you're talking about Golden, I don't know if Kenny Omega or Mike Myers is about to walk through your front door. I love gold! Unbelievable. <laughs> so we did have a prediction contest between the three of us. If you weren't keeping up before, now you'll know what we're talking about. We had a prediction contest about All Out, uh, basically predicted the results of the matches to see who we thought would win. And the win-loss record... The best I mean, win-loss record. It came down to to the to the main event. It came down to the main event. That's right. Matt, Worth of Michael were five and three going into the Moxley match. Matt had a little uh, had a little too few uh, wins to uh, to join us in the going into the the main event. But it came down to the main event. I had MJF. Michael had Moxley. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you win by one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten count. As long as that hand hits the mat, one, two, three, you walk away a title. You wouldn't, you guys wouldn't know about that, but me with the golden signature, I'm happy to let you know. So a win is a win is a win. This isn't over, Michael. This isn't over. I'll have our return match. At the next pay-per-view, whatever that is, maybe we'll do Clash of Champions in a couple of weeks. But it's not over. All right, so enough, enough of that stuff. Enough talking about Michael's victoriousness, <laughs> goldenness. Let's get into the week of wrestling, shall we? Let's do some recaps. We, uh, we had a lot going on. There's, a, there's kind of a theme running through uh, a lot of – a lot of wrestling nowadays that we're going to kind of run 
Uh, we're going to run some recaps of the week, starting with SmackDown, then we'll go to Raw, then we'll go to NXT, and then we'll hit the AEW shows this week. We'll hit a little bit of All Out and a little bit of Dynamite. And then we're going to have another segment at the end of the show uh, that I'm excited about. Uh, we're going to talk about our favorite turn ever. Our favorite turn ever. It's going to be cool. Uh, it's going to be really good. I, uh, I did a little research on, on my favorite turn. I'm excited to talk about it. So stick with us and, uh, and listen to that. Um, and then join the conversation on Twitter at Cassock Club. One word, no spaces, C-A-S-S-O-C-K-C-L-U-B. Let's get started. Y'all ready? Let's do it. Smackdown. Do it. Matt, you want to talk about some Smackdown? I got to tell you, I, event of the night was Bailey going from heel to mega heel. That yeah. was, we had been talking last week and tweeted out about the fact we loved that WWE was slow burning it. Well, they surprised the heck out of me and blew it up right then. And my only complaint was it was middle of the show. I think they should have closed with it, but that was, it was incredible. I, I've always been a fan of Bailey, even as a heel, but mega heel just going ballistic on Sasha was just, was the high point of the night for me. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this goes and what they do with Sasha. Uh, uh, you know, you would only assume that they would kind of make her more of a baby face, uh, but, but who knows? Um, but, you know, we had the slow burn up to this episode of SmackDown and, you got to think they're going to slow burn it even more and maybe hopefully, uh, you know, last it to Survivor Series or maybe even beyond uh, to the Rumble or, you know, I don't, I still don't know if they can make it all the way to Mania, but um, we'll see how far they can go with it. Uh, it'll be good. It was something, I think they did it well. Um, it was kind of predictable, but, but also kind of surprising, which is also uh, means it was good storytelling. Um, yeah, Matt, did you have any opinion on this? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad it's happening. I'm glad they're moving forward with it. I think, uh, I, you know, I know some people want to stretch it out to mania and, and it's a few that could be worthy of that, but, um, no, I'm, I'm ready to hit the gas on it and, and, uh, and see where it takes us. I think it's going to be, it's one of the bright spots of, of SmackDown for sure. Yeah, I'd say so too. Um, and I, yes. I will ahead, say, Matt. I will say, worth you talked about the fact it was predictable, but it was surprising. It was predictable, but the surprise for me was just the intensity that they mm. had Bailey do this. I mean, I I was waiting for a slow burn, a couple more weeks, and then just a standard knock her down a couple of times, walk out with the cocky attitude and everything. But this was a side of Bailey that surprised me. I mean, it it was it was fun to watch. Yeah, it was, and and. Another thing that was interesting about the turn specifically was that they had kind of built it with things that Sasha would say and do and her facial expressions. You know, uh, I've heard, you know, especially JR talk about facial expressions and how much they can tell a story. And, and they were kind of telling a story with Sasha that made us think that she was going to turn on Bailey, uh, which was, which was really cool. And, and you just kind of, 
you could see it in her eyes and what she was saying. She was talking about revenge and then looking at Bailey and all this kind of stuff. And she it was it was these little these little nuanced things that made you think, okay, well here comes the turn. It, it's coming. It's going to be Sasha. She's going to do something, to Bailey. But then Bailey turned on Sasha. So um, so it was really good uh, storytelling uh, on WWE's part. Um, it's they, nice to uh, see they can still surprise us. Nice yeah, to see they can still surprise us. It was nice. It was nice. Every now and then. Every, every now and then. <laughs> what else happened on SmackDown? We had uh, Jey Uso um, win the four-way, right? Yeah, and the only uh, reason he was in is because Big E got put through a windshield earlier right, in the Big night. E put, put through well, a and you know what? I actually think that that was a good move. I'm actually, I'm actually happy about that because they're not going to give Big E the title run yet, and this saves him for an opportunity to to still look strong without having lost to go in and go for the title. So right. uh, as weird as it was, I, I, I'm actually in favor of it. I think maybe Roman Reigns and, um, and, and his Uso uh, will do something interesting tonight or yes, on SmackDown um, where we get some more heel heat on him. I mean, he's going to be beating his family. Um, you know, maybe we get a finger poke of doom. Or maybe he just beats the ever-loving uh, crap out of him. Well, they're set for Clash of Champions, uh, and we'll build we'll build to that. Um, I wonder what they're going to do with this, though. You know, I mean, you think this going to be something like that? Um, you think it's maybe a new faction, uh, kind of like a you know a Samoan Nation of Domination kind of thing? Uh, or uh, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. Uh, there's a lot of ways they could go with it, um, and we'll see. I'm going to throw out my prediction. You heard it yeah. here first. Uh, if it's right, uh, I'll take credit. If I'm wrong, you can heap the blame. Uh, I think it's going to be a family split down the middle. This feud's going to run for a while, mm. and it's going to be a split. And I think ultimately it's going to come down to the man that we haven't seen in a while coming in and picking sides, The Rock. I mean, that would, that would make uh, Vince's year if, yeah, if The yeah. Rock would come on back and help out with some ratings. I mean, it could be good. I, I actually wouldn't mind seeing them. You know, I always loved when they, like, shone a light on the Heart Dungeon and the Heart Legacy. And, you know, those yeah. uh, even the Rhodes, you know, they put, the, they put Cody and Goldust and Dusty against the Shield. I like when they explore that. So, yeah, if they, that, that Samoan line is so rich. Um, It'd be, it'd be fun to have them do that. I, I thought we were going to get a little bit of it when Reigns and Samoa Joe were feuding a bit. Mm. And this, you know, the one Samoan right. who didn't belong to the family. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think that, I, I, hey, Matt, I'm, I'm all in for it. But because I'm all in for it, I know it won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing, too, my concern now that I've said that is Vince will turn it into a mania match if it happens. And The Rock will take the title and then show up three times over the course of six months before the next pay-per-view and do the exact well, well, thing we complain about. You know, there's, there's a free agent who, uh, who does that and that's his MO. Um, but I hear he hasn't signed yet. You think he's going to show up anywhere interesting? I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Would you want Lesnar uh, on impact? <laughs> You know what Lesnar's doing right now? Counting checks. He's counting. Okay, yeah, but he's up in his tree stand, hunting deer on his farm, relaxing, riding his four wheeler around, just chilling. 
counting checks, and he ain't going to go anywhere until he needs to go somewhere. And he's not going to go. Until Sable tells him to get off the couch? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> until Sable gives him a honeydew. Yeah. Uh, list I, uh, I, I don't know I, I i don't see lesnar going anywhere i know folks would love to see him in aew uh i wouldn't i think aew's got a solid product they're not relying heavily on too much former wwe talent i think they've got a nice mix of up-and-comers and veterans but i think brock bringing it in you just run the risk of of turning dynamite and aew into what wwe junior and that's kind of what i want to avoid I mean, all of the men, the male champions are former WWE, but, but, yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't think it's a problem. There's a lot of people out on the interwebs and in the the Twitterverse that are complaining, and it's all the AEW haters that are saying, "Oh, they can't do anything without former WWE folks." And it's like, come on, man. This is, well, are this, we? This is the business. I mean, it. This is the business. People have moved around. The history of WWE is built on people that they took from other wrestling companies. Yeah, the talent raids and everything else. Yeah, it just happens. And when we when we get into Dynamite, there's one former WWE name that I that I'm excited to talk about, but we'll get there. We will. We'll get there. Let's let's keep moving. Uh, how about moving to Tuesday? Well, let's go to Monday. That's right. Yeah, we need to go to Monday. So uh, Monday was Raw and. Ooh, buddy. Tell you what. Raw is difficult. <laughs> it is so difficult. In the last two weeks of Raw have been – it's just so hard. Maybe I'm just old now, and I can't, like, sit and watch Raw for three hours. It's tough to get through. But, oh, Worth, there's the underground. <laughs> Like I said, it is tough to get through. I'm definitely old, so I'll say it. It's hard for me to stay awake. <laughs> yeah, and you're on the East Coast, too, so you, you've got it bad. I got a little bit better in Central Time Zone. But, yeah, I mean, I, it, it seemed – Raw was not good Monday, just plain and simple. It was, not, it was not good. It was a lot of the same stuff. We're still on, on – uh, you know, Seth Rollins and the, the Mysterios. We're still on, uh, you know, all the – it just seems like this, it's the same matches. It's the McIntyre – I know they're building, and that's good. But it, should, it seems like the same things over and over and over and over and over again. And the tag matches uh, – and it's all tag matches. Yeah. That's another thing. It's, it's kind of crazy. It's just all tag matches. Um, not a well, whole lot interesting that's happening, in my opinion. What do you guys think? Well, it wouldn't be Monday Night Raw without an ambulance ride to an anonymous medical center. Yeah, uh, medical medical facility. Medical facility, yes. Uh, you know, I I think Orton McIntyre can be a great match, but come on, in three hours, how many times do you have to have McIntyre come out to the quote unquote shock of the announce crew that he's still in the arena to come in and Claymore kick Orton? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I have. I have a, a kind of a thing about all this because, you know, McIntyre doesn't go to the hospital after three punt kicks to the head, right? Yeah. Yeah. He should he should still be laying on the floor from the third punt kick, like wondering if he's going to survive, right? Yeah. Uh, 
but he but but Orton gets claymored three times and goes to a medical facility. I, it's just it's inconsistent. It it kind of seems unimportant in some some ways. Do you mean that WWE is making decisions just cause? Just <laughs> ha- ha- hashtag just cause. <laughs> hashtag just cause. Why does he go to the hospital? Just cause. Why doesn't he go to the hospital? Just cause. Why does Peyton and Billy, who have just broken yeah. up, yeah. have a match that that should be on a pay per view with a strong build after this horrible thing that's happened to him? They just give it away for three minutes. Three minutes. Just cause. Three minutes of mush. It was terrible. That and that match. It looked like they didn't want to wrestle each other. And then any heat they were trying to build to get the run, the singles run going, they eliminated with the almost tearful hug at the end. It's like, well, that you know, poured water on that fire. There was, there was no, there was no nothing to that match. Hashtag just, just cause, right? Uh, And you can use that hashtag when you're talking to us at Cassette Club, no spaces on Twitter. what are your just cause moments of the week? That's one of our just cause moments of the week. Uh, and it, 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 you know, I was disappointed because WWE does this thing with tag teams that they, they don't, you know, this is kind of the whole thing about why AEW is, is kind of putting their stamp on the tag team wrestling universe. It's like WWE doesn't do anything they don't use tag teams and they haven't in a long time for storytelling, right? I mean, you have very few tag teams that are long and established. The Iconics was, was one of the only ones that have been there long and established. Even their, the women's champions hate each other, right? Were, were, they, were they the first women's tag champs? They were. Uh, no, it was Bailey and Sasha were the first. Was it? I think. I don't think so. Uh, you have to look that up. I don't remember. But they've been together, like, even before their time in WWE, right? And so, I don't know. The tag teams now that they're putting together are they just, you know, throw people together to as a vehicle to tell a story about their singles competitions, right? Yeah. That's, that's what it seems to me. There is no uh, – there is no – there are no stakes at all in the tag team world in WWE, it seems like. Uh, I mean, you have the Street Profits, and they're good, but who do they – they face Andrade and Garza, who don't look like they get along. Your champs um, are Shinsuke and Cesaro, which right. arguably should both be in the world title picture, but are just thrown together because Sammy absolutely, had nothing to do. Absolutely, absolutely, 100% on that. Um, and hashtag push Cesaro, hashtag push Shinsuke Nakamura. But, uh, yeah, I mean – Okay, that, that's my tag team rant, and I'm done. Well, let me let me take a shame. Well, I think t- uh, two things. One, Michael, you need to start loosening that golden cincture because the first women's raw tag team champs were the Boston Hug Connection. So start loosening that cincture. Um, I'm sorry, other- my my computer uh, the 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 chat failed there. I didn't I didn't hear what you said. Uh, <laughs> over all this gold. Uh, the other thing, too, the, the problem I have, and I think now they realized, is that for the longest time, as you all were just saying, Vince just kind of neglected the tag division. Men's 
and women's. And you look at AEW, and one of their great strengths is the solid tag division they've got, top mm-hmm. to bottom. I mean, you all were talking in our first two episodes about the fact you've got this solid A team, and then you've got a B team that can step up and be main eventers too. Oh, yeah. And I think WWE is realizing that they have missed big time on the tag thing. And so now to compensate, they're rushing to throw together partnerships and teams wherever they can, whether they work or not, just to try and build something to compete with AEW. I'm not convinced that they've realized it. I think they're still kind of stumbling in the dark, but I, 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 I like your optimism, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, have we, have we buried Raw long enough? Yeah, I, we have. I think we have. We have. Um, oh, well, one thing I will say is the, in the Dominic Mysterio and Murphy street fight, Dominic, I think, is improving. And, and he's doing really well. He had a, a sliding sunset flip through the bottom rope and then sent Murphy through a table at ringside. And it was, it looked, it looked pretty awesome. Uh, so maybe he'll, he'll be improving, but we need to get him, we need to get, get that train rolling on that one. Uh, we've buried Raw long enough, like Michael said. Let's move on to Tuesday night now, NXT. Super Tuesday. We all thought that the championship match, uh, that is the continuation of the fatal four-way Iron Man match the previous week would be in the main event, but it was not. It was the show opener. Um, and Finn Balor wins the NXT title uh, for the second time. Um, the Prince, uh, the Prince's reign begins anew. Um, I'm excited that Finn is the champ. What do you guys think about that? I am too. I, I like Finn as champ, but you know, to the point you just raised, who opens a show with a title match? I mean, how many people missed it because they were thinking, oh, it's going to come later in the show. I can, you know, I know worth is like, wait, is it done? Yeah, I missed uh, it. So how many people, I mean, and I can't even, I can't even remember what closed the show, but that's goes to my point. I don't remember what closed the show because the only thing that anybody really cared about was in the first 20 minutes. Well, what, what closed the show was the cage match between Mercedes Martinez and Rhea Ripley, which, you know, in the old school mentality, you clo- you always, if you're going to have a cage match, you close with it. Right. So uh, I, I guess that's just kind of the, the way to go. That match was actually really good. Uh, if you haven't watched it, go back and watch it. Uh, those, I, two, I think, uh... those two told a great story. I mean, I, I think they pushed that first that first match to be the title match out of the reaction of people who watched a, a, an Iron Man match with no victor Finish. and were pissed right. about the ratings grab. I think you're so. I, right I think about that, that was a little bit of a receipt back to the fans, uh, knowing that they you know they kind of messed that up. I'm I'm psyched about Finn. Uh, gosh, man, as one golden champion to another. You know, it's about time that the Prince got the push that he deserved. You know, he should have been uh, at least rocking the the jelly belt a little bit longer with the universal title, but it looks better in gold. And so uh, I do wonder, uh, you know, that we had a nice too sweet moment backstage where uh, Adam Cole threw it up to Finn. I wonder if that was not uh, a sign or if this win is not a sign that Adam Cole is not long for the black and gold brand. Yeah. Well, that's been rumored that he's going to be called up. Um, I thought he might be called up after he lost the the title to begin with a couple months ago or whenever that was, but um, 
Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him on Raw or SmackDown soon. Where would you want him to be? I don't know. Uh, SmackDown is where I would want him to be because it's a two-hour show and not a three-hour show. But And the way Raw is just so painful to watch now, I'd hate to have somebody like that come and just get buried in the pain. I know, honestly, before that, I would rather see him stay in NXT and I would rather see a, a face run for the Undisputed Era is what I would like to see. Uh, well, before. I imagine if I, if I have the pencil, uh, I, put, the pencil. I, I see him and the Undisputed Era go at each other. Where Cole sees himself, you know, we see the face turn. Undisputed Era continues its dastardly ways. Maybe Bobby Fish. Uh, rises maybe Kyle Kyle O'Reilly takes the top spot and then we get uh fit or uh then then eventually you know we get Cole moving up I would like to see the Smackdown where him and AJ could just put on a clinic uh him and Shinsuke Mm -hmm. um you know I think there's a lot more folks for him to work with there but you know they seem to be doing a youth movement a little bit on Raw so I don't know maybe you know, honestly, at the end of the day, what I'd like to see, if if, if I could be his manager, uh, I'd send him over to uh, to Jacksonville, and um, uh, and get get him back on Wednesday nights and reform uh, the elite before before all the uh, the murders that took place. Uh, <laughs> the pre little pre mortem. Uh, Adam- right, the, a ghost returns. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that would be funny uh not, not gonna happen anytime soon but uh i'm sure he would like to be there with his girlfriend um okay uh anything else i mentioned the cage match the cage match is really good like i said if you haven't watched it go watch it uh those two ladies put on uh, a great show to close out um, I'm I'm gonna all right. I I'm sorry. I got to dump on WWE again. And hey, you all why, were talking. You all were talking not? about the. Why not? <laughs> again, Vince isn't gonna be on the show anytime soon. So, uh, no. You all were talking about how the title match at the beginning was kind of a a receipt to the crowd for what they wanted to see and the outrage and all these different things. When the hell does WWE ever respond to what the fans want? I mean, what was it? Fair two, point. Two, point. two years ago, three years ago, the whole McMahon family, center of the ring. We're going to change the business. We're going to give you what you want. Well, three years later, I'm still waiting for what I want because it sure as hell is not Monday Night Raw. <laughs> well, I'm the authority still. I mean, I remember yeah. when they told me that. I don't feel very authoritative. <laughs> so I, I don't even know if I mean, I love the thought that they hear the fans outcry, and so they're going to give them this. But I'm just not convinced that they're they're. I don't still don't think they're listening. I really don't. All right, that's me. That's my hashtag dump on WWE. Yeah, we won't make that a hashtag. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, that that's uh, all valid points. I think, Father Matt. Um, Let's uh, let's roll on to AEW, shall we? Yeah, and before show, bef- before we get into the big show, yep. I think we should note again as one champion to another. AEW has won the Wednesday Night Wars. 
over a million viewers oh yeah uh, in total in ratings i mean this thing is clearly done and wwe has to ask the question is it more important for them to take away viewers from aew or is it to gain viewers for nxt and if they move back to wednesdays then you have your answer right because i think wwe needs to start being concerned with AEW taking uh taking out higher ratings uh than smackdown because i mean wow we're doing it oh yeah i think raw had had like 1.7 i think is what they did uh last monday uh which was down which was down from like 1.85 or somewhere in there the previous week um and AEW hit 1.016, I think is what it was, if my memory serves me correctly. Yeah, right around that. Um, And, yeah, I mean, to not even a year later be able to hit the the million mark is uh, pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, And I I, I would – if I were NXT, I would move to Tuesdays and just have Tuesday be your night – but I don't see that happening. I just don't think it's going to happen. Don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, uh, I know which show I'll be watching on Wednesday, no matter what. So, uh, yeah. what'd you guys think? Solid show. Solid show. I love the opening match. Uh, you know, I I love watching Jurassic Express. I Every match they put on is just is just solid. And then when you get who you all have said various times, arguably is the best tag team in the world, Lucha Brothers. Uh, it was just a great match. But I think the best part of it wasn't the match itself. It was the heat that was building at the end between between the brothers. Uh, it was good. But the, I thought the whole show was solid. And, uh, you know, MJF firing his entire entourage, including that, Stepford wife looking woman that was driving me up the wall. Thank God she's gone. I thought uh, that was so slick that they, you know, that was the that was the the gimmick for all out. And yet, you know, I think if if you're another promotion, it's real easy to let that continue until it gets so boring and annoying. After week after week after week. You know, we get it. You're running for the campaign, blah, blah, blah. They cut it off. Let's move on. I thought that was great. And the opening between Jericho and MJF. Yeah, yeah that, was, oh, that yeah. was great. You're looking at a mirror between these two. I thought, yeah, yeah fantastic opening. It was fun. Um, I thought they uh, they went seamlessly from All Out into, into Dynamite and the, the storytelling all around. Yep. Um, there were no loose ends. I mean – they they touched on every they didn't drop any storylines from from all out uh, to uh, to dynamite. Um, I thought they they did really well with that. Um, we had the Matt Hardy fall that was really scary uh, at all out. What what did you think when you saw it? When I saw it, we were all texting each other. Yeah, I, I said, "Oh, he's well," especially when he didn't move. Yeah. That was oh, yeah. the scariest part. I was like, well, I, you know. Did you think it was a work? Uh, oh, no. When I saw his head hit the concrete, no, I knew it wasn't a work. The, tape, the table break was odd. He hit the table wrong and came off too far on the other end. When I saw yeah. his head smack the pavement, I'm like, oh, this is not a work. Yeah. It, it, so, so I thought um, 
so in my brain I went oh that was a nasty bump like thinking work and then he wasn't moving and then like he really wasn't moving and then it looked like Aubrey was like really checking on him yeah oh he this actually might be for real not good and then when Aubrey threw up the x um that I was like okay well that this is definitely not a good thing um and then you see that they're trying to continue the match and he's standing up stumbling and, and all of this. And, uh, it, it, we were not in work land at that point, in my opinion. And, and I don't know what the deal is or, or what happened or if he actually had a concussion or not, or, or, or what. Um, but, it was scary. And then when they were trying to, when they reconvened the match and they were climbing the scaffold, I mean, he was like missing footholds and everything. And I was like, and I, I think at one point, if I remember correctly, and if I'm piecing this together, right, it looked like Sammy was supposed to go higher. And it looked like Matt Hardy grabbed, grabbed his ankle to be like, no, don't go any higher for real. Um, and then they just did the fall from there. Um, it was scary. It was a scary moment. And, and yeah, I think, you know, I, I thought it was, uh, you know, you see, you see a Hardy fall from something really high onto a hard surface and you go, well, that's a Hardy being a Hardy. Mm-hmm. Right. But man, when you 20 see years one, ago. When, when you see one laid out, eyes closed. And then what really did it was when Sammy pulled him up and they started stumbling and he, and yes. he couldn't get up. That's when I was like, what are we watching? And I'm right. with you. You know, I, we love AEW. Clearly, it's, it's, it resonates with us. But shame on them for letting them climb up that scaffolding. I mean, yeah. that to me, you know, I, you can book your way out of anything. Maybe Sammy falls back down and they both go out for the 10 count. But to, to, to allow that last spot, I just think, you're in you're in way too much and to reverse the x yes yeah oh yeah which apparently so so i listened to the to uh tony khan's call or media Mm -hmm. scrum after that and he said uh which you know of course he's gonna say that it was him who was calling in aubrey's earpiece calling for the x so that uh, that he called into aubrey's earpiece and said throw that x up uh, and then it was yeah. the doc, Doc Sampson, who ultimately said that it was okay to go. Um, either way, I, I didn't love it. Didn't love it. And I'm glad Matt's, Matt's okay. I thought he did a, a, a great promo in the middle of the ring. They had Rebby out there yeah. um, uh, to, sure. to sort of bring us back. But, damn, man, let this be a learning moment for, for AEW. Yeah, I, I – uh... So I had a concussion back in the beginning of March, like the very beginning of March from a hockey game. And it was, and that's all I could think about was like how, how I felt. And I know the second day was the second day, the day after was way worse than the immediate of what happened that night. I mean, I was in church the next morning and I had blurry vision. I couldn't concentrate. Uh, But, but the night of, I, I felt pretty good and so I'm imagining him thinking oh I, I'm I'm pretty good I, I think I can go and being like yeah let's, let's go back out there I don't know I, I think like you said it, it's hopefully a learning moment for AEW 
uh, because, you know, we know now, especially you don't mess around with head injuries. Well, it's gotta, it's gotta be a learning moment for Matt too. Cause like Michael said, you know, 20 years ago is one thing, right? but I think Matt, I don't know what he is. I mean, he's gotta be in his forties. I don't know. 40 year old. I mean, I, I fell tore up my knees a couple of weeks ago and it was not graceful and it hurt like hell and falling after your 50 is way different than falling after your 20 and that was <laughs> yeah. just and that was just my knees my head didn't hit anything so yeah he's 45 so yeah so it's got to be a learning moment for Matt too not just AEW but I think they handled it perfectly on Wednesday night he, oh, didn't, yeah. he didn't say too much uh there was some a little bit of contrition there and and it seemed like that they moved on and that they're ready. Uh, it was a good good move to have his wife there and the little kid. Um, and got, yeah, got to play down that heat between Rebby and Tony because Saturday right. night she was ballistic. She is hot about it on Twitter for sure, and, and apparently she gets like that. She gets she does. Hot about it. She's, she's very she's defensive. Got a, she's got a fire Twitter account. Right, but um, but still, yeah. I mean, I I think they handled it correctly, and and it sounds like. Matt's character direction is going to change a little bit. It's going to be maybe less of the shock and all of, you know. They got to get Jeff over there so he can take the bumps. Thrown off of forklifts and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, he says he's going to be in the championship hunt. We'll see what happens. I could, you know, I could see him doing a TNT title run um, uh, or or at least chasing it. Uh, We'll see what happens. I don't know. Um, that's that's a good segue. Uh, the ti- TNT title match with uh, Mr. Brody and Mr. Rhodes. Yeah, Dustin. That was the the main. It was event a, for Wednesday night. Yeah, it was. It awesome. was a it was a good match. I'm glad they let it run longer. I mean, we did a for those of us on following us on Twitter, we did a brief little poll, and if it was unanimously Brody was going to take it, but it wasn't a squash. And I appreciated the fact that uh, you know they they let it run as long as it did. Also, it made Dustin look really good. I oh, think yeah. Dust, I think oh, it's yeah. amazing how Dustin has kind of reinvented himself um, in this AEW run. He's doing crazy moves like Canadian destroyers and uh, Hurricane Ranas and stuff. Is like this dude is so old and he's doing all of this stuff again. Uh, he's he never done this- before. Again, he and I are the same age. I can't even walk with that falling down. He's doing, <laughs> he's doing hurricane runners. So Matt, even you, if you practice enough, you can do a hurricane runner. I no, believe my, in you. My two moves are the Canadian destroyer, and I got to do a tope suicida so I can have Jr. tweet at me and talk about how much he hates it. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, nobody has a better slam than uh, than Dustin. I mean, yeah, a little, oh. little twist yeah. power slam he does. Yeah. Looked great. Uh, I still think I still think the TNT title. Uh, is figuring out its identity. I mean, it's great to see it, you know, competed for on TNT week after week. Uh, but I, I just think it needs to be more than that. And Frank, I don't know what that is. I yeah, don't have that yet. It's so new too. We got time. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get there. You know, I'll have something soon enough. But mm-hmm. uh, so Tony, just give me a week or two. But yeah. <laughs> um, he's sharpening his. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good match. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so after that, we had uh, – um, we're just going to keep jumping back and forth because the, the storylines are so um, <laughs> together. Uh, Lance Archer won the Battle Royal at All Out. 
sets him up as the number one contender for the AEW championship. Michael has his face in his hands right now <laughs> after we buried Lance Archer on our very first episode. Which, I just you know, we I apologize, just, like, okay. Mr. Wait. Lance Lance Archer to me is like oh one, I'm 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 so mad that my prediction of 10 pounds of gold, uh, Nick Aldis wasn't there. Instead, we got, we got poor old Matt Seidel, which Ooh. God bless him. God I mean, bless him indeed. You, you get, honestly, one of the prettiest sharpshooters in all of wrestling. Not sharpshooters. Shooting, Shooting star, star press. press. Excuse me. Um, but dang, tough way to go out. Yeah. Tough way to go out. Tough. Um, but but in, in any case, I do think – that there is an issue that AEW has uh, that needs to be addressed, and, it, and it's embodied by Lance Archer. Um, Lance Archer is one of the worst promos I've ever seen in my life. And he's got Jake the Snake, so that shouldn't happen. But not only that, it's like he gets an opportunity to speak and, you know, AEW, we don't do writers. We don't do writers. And I don't think they should do writers. But Cody needs to take him to school or Dustin or somebody to how to talk, to think before you're going to get out there and say stuff. Because you can't just go, no, 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 because everybody dies. Well, he has one of the best talkers in the business as his manager. I, I, so why is he talking? Why is he talking at all? He shouldn't talk at all. He should do the, the Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman thing where Brock Lesnar doesn't talk anymore. He just goes out there and F5s everybody through the mat 10 times and then leaves. And, and that's what he should do. I mean, Jake the Snake should be out there doing all of the talking. He would be so much more intimidating. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And it was – yeah. It was, it had to have been, I mean, I think it was pre-recorded. That was the best. Right, right. <laughs> that right. was like the they, best promo. They had other shots and it's like, so, so he was bad. And, and I got to say like Eddie Kingston, you know, people loved his first mm. promo about, you know, uh, Cody, you had a silver spoon and I had to work. That was one of the worst promos I've ever seen in the history of wrestling when he's talking calm down pentagon phoenix yeah. like everybody relax like it was good to get that story but you like made me not like the lucha bros which should never be possible because i love the lucha bros that was my that was my just cuz moment sorry my just cuz moment uh, that, was, okay. that was my just cuz moment it, we'll, was, we'll it, save it made no sense we'll save it we'll save that for uh we'll save that for another time but yeah i just think that there needs to be a bit more of of some thought that goes into and we'll talk about the big surprise uh that we we got on um a debut on AEW in just a second but even he needed some work on that promo because he had a closing line but that was about it I don't know Matt did what, what I mean do you think that this is like a systemic issue with Lance it, I'm beginning I'm beginning to think it is with Lance I mean first of all the setting I don't get the standing in the rain thing. I mean, it was mm -hmm. just, and I'm sorry, this again is showing my age, but as you're standing out there and Jake starts talking about, you know, even out in the rain, all I could think of was Gene Kelly and singing in the rain and just waiting for them <laughs> to start dancing around light poles. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. I'm old. Uh, <laughs> but, but I, 
it was just horrible. And again, if it's pre-recorded, what were the other six, seven, eight, nine takes like where this was the best but, one? And you're right. I mean, it's not hard to get one of the more experienced guys to just sit down with him and say, okay, here are three key things you got to have in mind if you're going to ad lib a promo, you know, listen to what your lead is saying, play off something Jake said and, or do like, like Worth was saying, do what Brock does. Don't say anything. Right. Right. Just and it's stand like, stand there and be the tough guy. I mean, like, look, all three of us are, are preachers, right? And, and we're, we're doing this uh, in a time of COVID where, uh, where we can record our stuff. I don't know about you guys, but I have certainly gone, that take was not so good. Let me run this back. And I oh, wasn't yeah. wholly embarrassed. I wasn't, you know, a failure for doing so. I think you're allowed take two, take three, take <laughs> shut up and let Jake talk. Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah. okay, I'm gonna get off my soapbox because, but Eddie Eddie Kingston needs it. Uh, uh, J- Angelico and uh, you know the the hybrid two need it. Uh, Lance Archer desperately needs it. Uh, and 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 the new arriving uh, Miro and his and his uh, best man and and uh, groom desperately need it as well. But we'll get there. And we'll you just there. you just told, stole my segue because you hinted earlier at the big premiere, and I will say. As horrible a night as I had it all out with my predictions, I had two that were close. You did. One, you did. One, one, I knew the ring was going to factor into the outcome of the title match. Yeah. And two, Rusev was my joker. I just didn't anticipate that picking him, I was going to be four days early. Why wasn't he at all out? Oh, well, then. I don't know. I don't know why they don't do that and just like, what, make what it all is out. the, you know, why, why is. I don't know. It didn't. It seems weird to me that that they waited to bring him bring him in. They do love to make debuts at Dynamite, though. They do. Yeah, I mean that it, the their big their big debuts have been at Dynamite. Well, when you're getting now a million viewers, it's the best time to do it. Yeah, that's true. I guess, Maybe. and I'll, I'll I'll tell you though, when I saw when I saw him come out, I I said, "Oh, poor Matt." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with him. Um, I think maybe they try to use him a little bit to put a little shine on um, on Sabian. We'll we'll see. Um, I'm excited to see it. Uh, I, I've always liked um, Miro or Rusev back in back in the day. Um, I've, I've always liked back his, in the Rusev day. Back in the Rusev day. Now it's Miro day. Um, I got to we'll tell see. you, the Miro made no bones about it in his uh, very non-veiled yeah. shots across Vince's bow. Oh yeah, yeah. they're not, not afraid to to take shots. That's for sure. Oh, uh, and and to advertise third-party uh, uh, community services. I love the fact that Twitch gets a shout out every week. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it is kind of fitting because Miro has a huge Twitch following. Huge. So, so you know, if if not for just that reason, I think that's great that they they put them together. I will say, uh, I thought it was a, such a great move that they don't just make him, you know, a world title contender. You know, we're talking about not being WWE light. Um, you know, let him work his his way up because the truth is, he he, he he was only the U.S. title holder. He he never got a chance in WWE to really. You know, he was the Bulgarian brute. And, right. of course, Vince likes to stick with 
character, you know, he doesn't like to let characters kind of evolve and, and do their thing too much. Like mm -hmm. for the undertaker, you're the scary tall undertaker. It takes, you know, years of evolution for him to become, you know, American badass and then eventually UFC taker and all that kind of stuff. It takes years of that evolution, right? I mean, Hogan stayed uh, yellow and red <laughs> his entire run, basically. You had, you know, it never got a chance to kind of bloom. And I hope we get to see a different side of Miro uh, now um, as we go forward. Well, I think we're going to get to see the real Miro because he's going to get, a, as we were talking about uh, the fact that, you know, they're light on writers scripting what the what the performers and the wrestlers are saying. I think we're really going to get to see a lot of what we just completely missed out on in WWE. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what else happened that we should talk about? Uh, oh, just mentioned the Thunder Rosa Karushita match. At match of the night or what? It was it was excellent. Oh my gosh, so good, so good. Um, just technically, from from beginning to end, was was great it was just great um I, I thought definitely it was up there for match of the night if it wasn't um for sure i thought the ftr and omega hangman match was pretty good i thought it it was just brutal and told a good pretty good story yeah um, i'll say um i'll say the so well, the one thing that you know we're kind of we're a little bit removed from it but the one thing that really affected all out was that matt hardy incident yeah, and it flowed yeah. throughout the rest of the show, where Hangman and Kenny versus FTR was too long. It was. You know, they had a they had a great show, a great story they were telling, but it was just too long. It took away from the match, um, and I think you saw that in a few other matches later on down the line where they were making up for um, for the Matt Hardy uh, incident. Right. But I enjoyed it. Did you guys think that it was strange? Because uh, I still, I'm, I'm a little struggling with this. Um, that you know, we didn't get the turn. Yeah. What did you think? Uh, I, I got to tell you, AEW is so good with social media, both them and their talent. And if anybody's following Kenny on Instagram. He's had a couple of good posts the last few days, and the three of us have talked about this, and we don't know whether he's he's swerving us or he's hinting. But it's this gradual progression of a cartoon of Mr. Clean to, I think today <laughs> it was Kenny as Mr. Clean from the old commercials. So I think part of it is AEW is so good, uh, you know, being the lead on YouTube. All these backstory and, par and uh, uh, parallel things going on that for me work well because it plays into everything. They don't feel like they've got to jam the turn into the pay-per-view or into two hours on dynamite. They've got all these other things you can follow to help build the story without having to script it and jam it into 120 minutes on Wednesday night. And that being said, I mean, I thought the, uh, the backstage interviews were great at telling that story yeah, on, on or furthering that story. Oh, yeah. I, maybe it's because I'm the youngest one on on our on our podcast here, but I, uh, you know, I want I want it now. I want my 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 instant gratification. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, I liked what they did. You know, Kenny with the table, Hangman grabbing onto him. The 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 downfall of Hangman. Tough to watch. Whew. He's changing. He's changed his gear. Mm -hmm. He's becoming. He's kind of getting more dark. Kind of looking more like a 
like a Lone Ranger cowboy like I was talking about. I hope we get it. Uh, we'll see. I, I like his new gear, though. I do. The, yeah. the, long, the long tights. Um, and four he, bucks, they're out $5,000, thanks to Marvez. Yeah, geez. <laughs> That's what you, I don't know what they're thinking, if they could possibly get away with doing a double super kick on poor, sweet Marvez. But um, Any other fallout from from all out or uh anything I got, to talk about with um i got i got one thing and know. uh and it's it's i am confused uh and intrigued into what is happening next with both orange cassidy and chris jericho mm, mm-hmm. you know i think we definitely you know i love that jericho and hager are gonna be uh, a team i think it yeah. gives jericho something exciting to do i hope he doesn't get the tag titles I really, I don't think he, that's where he should go. I think he should keep making stars. And maybe, you know, maybe he's going to do that with Janela. I don't know. Uh, it was an interesting match for sure between the two of them, or all four of them, really. And, um, and then with Cassidy, you know, we got the pride and powerful beat down. Uh, but it's, it's, this is crucial time for Cassidy. Does he lose the shot in the arm yeah. or, does it, or does it keep momentum rolling? And and who can you put him with? I mean, Jericho was the perfect person to put him with, right? I mean, it was as opposite as can be. It was the well-known versus the really not a whole lot known. And we saw what he did. I mean, he made Orange Cassidy a main event talent. Um, it will be interesting. Uh, I agree with you that Jericho doesn't need any titles. Um, I, will, I would be very uh, happy to see him in the tag team division uh, along – with uh, Hager and yeah, I want to see, I want to see where it goes. Um, you know who impressed me a whole lot and who has been impressing me since his TNT title shot is Sonny Kiss. Oh Sonny yeah. Kiss oh yeah. Sonny Kiss has been super impressive uh, as far as um, athletic ability, the ability to, to tell a good story um, and to, to really get after it in the ring. Um, I've been very impressed. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think it'll be interesting to see where Jericho does and, and what, uh, what happens with him. You know who I almost think, uh, you put Cassidy with, uh, cause it seemed like he was making a heel debut. Don't you think? Am I wrong in that? Mm-mm. No, no I, I agree. I think you either put him, against uh you know what i'm changing my mind as, as i'm looking up i'm looking at the roster right now and this is who you put him against okay you I, initially i was gonna say you put him against uh, orange cassidy and miro and you do uh and, and you do that and and have a an interesting story with a with a big name but i think I, i'd like to see him go up against uh or chase the ftw championship I want him going after Brian Cage and saying, Bulgarian brute uh, against, you know, the machine that is Brian Cage to show that he's the biggest badass in pro wrestling. He left this one place, he's coming to this, and he's going to let you know no matter where he goes, he's the guy. Yeah. I think it'll work. I think it, okay. and then it, and then when Moxley drops, because I think we're all in agreement that we really think Moxley needs to be in the FTW title that belt just seems to suit him more, at least at this point. I think it'd be an interesting, uh, 
interesting division or subdivision of uh, title matches that could come out of that. I got to tell you, one other sticking thing from All Out for me, God bless Darby Allen. Oh, and, my God. And that battle royal, not wow. only getting in the body bag with the thumbtacks, but oh then taking gosh. that awkward as all get out, dump over the ropes. Jeez. Learn how to work, Brian. Man, that was – I – yeah. That just – that seemed a little reckless to me, but that's kind of Darby Allen's thing, I guess. Yeah, he'll be, I don't know. He'll be back in three weeks doing coffin drops off 300-foot bridges somewhere, so – yeah, T's and P's the to Darby, which apparently he's okay. So yeah, T's and P's. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Hashtag T's and P's. Indeed, indeed. Um, all right, anything else from the AEW world that we need to talk about? I think we got we, it. You ready to move on to the next segment, the final segment? Let's do it. So we thought we would bring this new segment. We want to try to, to, to shake things up and bring in new segments just about every week or, or, or something uh, like that. We've got some really good ideas. And one of the ideas we had was uh, for this week to discuss amongst the three of us and for hopefully for you to join us in the discussion on, uh, on Twitter at Cassett Club. Um, join us in discussion. We're going to talk about the best turn, our favorite, our favorite turns in wrestling history. Right, that could be a face turn or a heel turn. Um, what is our? We're going to talk about what is our favorite turn in uh, in wrestling history um, as we know it. Um, who wants to start? I'll go first. I'll just say yeah. it was I, it was difficult for me because there have been so many. I mean, Snarky me just wanted to say Big Show because that covers about 13, <laughs> 13 turns right there. You know, in thinking about it, the one I kept coming back to, and this is back in the old days of WWE, is when you had Hogan and Savage as the mega powers. But you had all the heat building up between the two of them because of Miss Elizabeth. And I've been thinking about WCW and NWA and WWE and all these different turns and how great they were. And I keep coming back to the mega powers break and just Savage turning on Hogan. And you know, it was a time when they built the story. It was a slow build. You knew it was coming. You didn't know when it was going to come. Uh, they took advantage of uh, back in the day when they had Saturday night's main event. And so they were able to tell the story on that and uh, through the other random shows, pay-per-views. It, it was just a great story. But, uh, you know, admittedly, some of the performing was bad because it's in the quote-unquote medical facility backstage and you know I think a bedpan was used and WWE single-handedly keeps that place up and running <laughs> the unnamed medical facility man yeah. <laughs> medical facilities across the globe are very happy with WWE but as, as I've gone along too I've learned that part of what I think made it work so well was the fact that there was legit backstage heat perpetually depending on who you ask between Hogan and Savage and so it was tapping into something that I don't think they were having to try very hard at. And you, you'd see glimpses of it when they were in WCW together and how, you know, sometimes watching them in the ring together, you could see them crossing the line between kayfabe and legit heat hmm. between what was going on. So I, I think for this one, a lot of great ones. But for me, it's just Savage turning on Hogan and splitting up the mega powers. I love that. That's, a, that's such a good one. Such an iconic turn uh yeah and anytime i think savage 
anytime Elizabeth was was involved in the storyline at all uh, for work or shoot, <laughs> Savage had problems with it. Apparently, he was very possessive. Um, so yeah, yeah go so, ahead, Michael. So I've I've got a I got a few, but I think I think I'm going to choose one. But I do think we should do an honorable mention category. Sure. Because there are just so many that are so good after this. So as long as we can do that. I think the number one, like, it's like the godfather of the greatest movies. You know what I'm saying? That we have to just put out there and just yeah. say it doesn't count is Hogan joining the NWO. Right. Like, Bash at like the Beach, 96? 96. Uh, yeah. yeah, Bash at the Beach, 1996. Yeah. And it's because that's, it's, it's the greatest. Oddly, the greatest. Enough, oddly enough, leg drop on Savage. Leg drop on Savage. Yeah, go. there you go. Or not oddly enough. <laughs> right right yeah um so so i think that goes out the window but i think for me uh there's so i had to i had to like look at it in like eras but i think my number one and we'll do with honorable mentions after number one i watched it live and even then i didn't really fully comprehend what was going on uh but now i i mean i certainly appreciate all the more but even then the rock versus hogan icon versus icon uh, yeah is is a masterpiece in two of the greatest of all time showing why are the, they are the greatest of all time Absolutely. rock comes in as the face hogan is the nwo heel they're they're going at it they've they've run this story leaning into both of those and during the match i mean wrestlemania filled with with fans who smart marks just like us um who who then begin to cheer hogan they they don't like the the you know the rock getting uh getting some over on him and and these two do something that we're begging WWE to do more often and it's listen to the fans yeah they listen to the crowd reaction and the double turn takes place within the story itself yes. not only for this match but then undoes some of the work and programming that they had for the future so that when Hogan uh, comes out the next night on Raw, he comes out as the baby face and you're off and running. I mean, it's two of the best in the company history showing why they are the best. That's a good one. WrestleMania 18, right? Is that 18? That's right. Yeah, I mean, that one, and people forget that wasn't even the main event. No. and No. unfortunately for chris jericho and triple h yeah and jericho talks about it all the time he's like he he talks about (laughs) watching the match and being like how are we how do we follow that what do you do how do we follow that but they did um that was yeah that one i've watched that match back recently and it it gave me goosebumps because at the very beginning when they they meet in the middle of the ring and then they stare each other down and then and they, they look they look opposite directions and the crowd is just the crowd is electric. Oh yeah. Electric. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Mine. Here we go. Mine comes from five years earlier. Ooh. WrestleMania 13. Brett the Hitman Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Fair. Also, oh. also, also a double turn. Fair. Um, this is, this is one of my favorite matches of all time. And if, and if 
I have to show someone a match who doesn't like wrestling or is like wondering about wrestling. If I'm trying to get somebody into wrestling, um, this is one of the matches that I show them. That is for sure, you know, everything from story to mechanics to um, everything. Everything about it was almost perfect in every way. And so I watched it and, and I'm going to try not to be too long winded about it, but it, it worked perfectly. Everything from their entrances through to the very end, uh, their entrances, the commentary team, the commentary team was JR, uh, Jerry, the King Lawler and Vince McMahon. And they all told the story. They led, I mean, they led the crowd and they led the audience through it all. You walk, they walk in immediately. Uh, Stone Cold comes out first, and he's doing his heel thing. He's, he's not acknowledging the fans. He's got a mean, mean face uh, going. People are reaching out for him. He's, like, jerking his arm away from him to get people to not touch him. Typical heel entrance. Goes in. He's playing up his heelness. Uh, and the fans are, like, they're cheering for him. They're cheering for him. They're not booing him, that's for sure. Brett comes out. He's, he's doing his face thing where he's, you know, he's, he's high-fiving the fans going down. He, he does the glasses thing. Uh, not as many cheers on that one. Yeah, yep. Um, but, uh, you know, Vince is putting – Vince is putting uh, – and, and the commentary team, they're putting Stone Cold over as, as you know, he's, he's tough. He's tougher than people give him credit for. He's this, he's this. All kind of building him up in – in the way uh, that that they would a face, you know, he he never he doesn't have any quit in him, uh, that kind of thing. So they're really doing their job to put him over as a face, um, and they're hating on Brett. So you know, even then, before the match even starts, they're they're kind of setting it all up. Um, you know, they do a jump a jump start where they're going after each other. Uh, they go out in the crowd immediately, like almost immediately. They spend like 20 seconds in the ring, then they go out into the crowd. Um, and so the, they have the crowd invested like immediately with that move. Uh, and, and there go, Brett is, is telling the story. He's working the knee. He's working the knee. He's setting up the knee for his sharpshooter because this is a submission match, which is very strange because Stone Cold's not a submission wrestler. No. And so he, so already he's at a disadvantage in that. And so he, that's something he has to overcome, right? Just like a baby face typically has to do. Baby face has to overcome, you know, the, the odds. Um, so he's working the knee, working the knee. They're going back and forth. Commentary still throughout. Um, you know, Brett does the dastardly thing of doing the figure four around the ring post. Um, and then Brett grabs a chair. One of the my favorite subtleties that Brett does um, in this match is when he he goes out to get a chair to start clobbering Stone Cold with, and he grabs one of the like the special WrestleMania padded chairs that they have. You know what I'm saying? That has like, yeah. and he 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 picks it up, he shakes his head, he throws it down, tells one of the the ring uh, timekeeper guys to get up and grabs the, the steel chair that has no padding on it because that's the one he wants to use to inflict the most pain. I mean, that's perfect storytelling there, even in the subtleties. 
um, you know, it, 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 they keep going, they get color, uh, you know, uh, they, Stone Cold does the blade job. And if you haven't iconic, listened to iconic, the moment. iconic blade job, if you want to really be entertained and, and hear the ins and outs and the commentary of this match, um, about two years ago in 2018, when, when Christian and Edge had their CNE podcast of, of awesomeness, they did a great episode that was a phone call with Stone Cold and Brett, and they talked about the ins and outs of this match, from how they built it to the, to the mechanics of what they did, to the storytelling, to the psychology. About, I mean, it is a, as deep a dive with those two as you can get. Go back, listen to it. Um, if you like this match, um, Stone Cold, one of my favorite, <laughs> after, after he, he cut him open, one of my favorite JR moments that I still love. Stone Cold hits Bret Hart with a low blow, and JR gives his famous line, that was down there near Saskatoon. <laughs> <laughs> Classic JR. Yeah. Uh, such, a, such a great line. Bret puts him in the sharpshooter. Uh, put Stone Cold in the sharpshooter, and and you have the iconic shot of the the blood pouring down the face. Stone Cold is screaming his his uh, screaming his lungs out. It's it's really something, and uh, I, I love it. And Shamrock was there too. Shamrock was perfect. He didn't get in the way. Um, he let the match happen. You know, he was a, he was the the guest referee, but he didn't interfere at all. Um, it was perfect. It was a great match. Double turn at the end of it. Brett is is the heel because after the match, he starts pounding on – he wins the match and then starts pounding more on the knee of Stone Cold. He starts getting booed. I, it, it, was, it was a perfect heel turn. Um, Stone Cold was kind of going face. This changed the trajectory of the company, right? Oh, yeah. So at, at that point, At that point, you know, we're off to the races with Stone Cold as being um, – you know, front and center. Bret Hart is kind of uh, making his his heel turn that he had towards the end of his time in WWE. There was I have no complaints about this match. It it is uh, dang near perfect, and and I love it. I go back, I enjoy it every time more and more every time I watch it. And it definitely so, says a lot that you know, eighteen WrestleManias later, eighteen years later, and that's still one of your go to matches to show somebody that's kind of on the fence about professional wrestling i think that that says a lot right there absolutely it was great for sure i mean it's it's one of those that i think stands right along with hogan uh joining the nwo i mean Mm -hmm. it it arguably made wwe you know what i mean it it could be maybe one of the most impactful heel turns i think and that was attitude era you know strap the rocket to the attitude era at that point because now your face is someone who is is a heel yeah it kind of the blurred lines of of who is a face and who is a heel a true face and a true heel in the attitude era started there started there yep so so okay so now are we open to some of those honorable mentions yeah yeah we can do honorable mentions okay because because as so as much as the rock and hogan meant to me as a as a heel turn moment i think the best one that i've seen recently is kevin owens chris jericho in the festival of friendship oh yeah Uh, yeah Yeah. i don't know if you guys remember that but man it was one of those where uh 
where you know where the story's going. You know where it's going to end up. And it's not, you know, it doesn't need a swerve. It doesn't need more, you know, trinkets to make it special. You're watching where the train is going to pull into the station, and it's just as good as you thought it was going to be. I mean, they play it out masterfully. Chris Jericho has the list. Kevin Owens gives him a list as a gift, as a gesture of friendship. He opens it, sees there's only one name on this list. Kevin, why is it my name? Bam! And that's it. I mean, just a great heel turn. Just yeah. a great turn. Uh, and I think probably one of the best of the, um, of the modern age. Uh, to, to make sure we cover our international wrestling moment, um, I'll say uh, arguably another one of the more impactful turns in uh, New Japan history and for, for the rest of the wrestling world, Prince Devitt turning heel on his tag team partner, joining with Carl Anderson, Tama Tonga, and, uh, uh, and forming the Bullet Club, which would then go on to uh, have send shockwaves through the wrestling world. And uh, I don't know, Matt, do you have, uh, or Worth, do you have one for our indie, our, our talking indies, our indie minute, a heel turn from one of those great promotions we love to give a, give a shine to? I don't, but I'm going to throw out my honorable mention, and it's probably going to surprise you all, because when I say the name, you're going to think I'm headed one direction, and I'm going to swerve you. <clears throat> my honorable mention heel turn is the Montreal screw job, But... The turn, the turn was Brett. No, the turn was not Brett. The turn was not Sean. The turn was Vince. That's right. And I think that's when the trajectory of Vince as on screen really got started. And the thing about that is, I don't think anybody saw it coming at all. You were so focused on, yeah, so focused on the match. And then suddenly the biggest turn of the entire night was Vince. So I'm going to throw Vince in there as my honorable mention. The most hated heel of all time. <laughs> Vince McMahon. Yeah, that, that's good. Um, would, you, would you count uh, Shawn Michaels and the barbershop window with, with Marty Jannetty on that list? You have to, don't yeah. you? You have to, right? I mean, oh, yeah. You have to. It was, it was perfect kick through the window. Ooh, yeah. Man, oh, man. That was uh, that was good. I'll tell you another another heel turn that was classic that people you know who don't know the history of of it may uh, may not get Andre the Giant against Hogan WrestleMania three. That's right. So they're you know they are they tagged a ton. Hogan and Andre were tag team partners for most of their time together, um, and then it was the beautiful setup for that WrestleMania match um, where Andre is now going to be this heel. And, uh, and it, it, it made, it made the Supreme baby face Hogan cry, right? That was, that was the, the impact of the turn. And if you've ever heard him tell the story, if you've seen the Andre the giant documentary on it, uh, which if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Uh, it's fantastic. You want HBO? Yeah, it's on HBO. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and he had to put so uh, Hogan had to put like Vicks vapor rub or something under his eye with the at the the 
the interview where Andre snatches his gold cross off of his neck and he starts crying. He goes, Oh, and you can see him kind of wipe, uh, up, wipe some Vicks vapor up under his eye to make himself cry. Um, that, that turn was impactful. And of course, I mean, that, that put, that was another absolutely iconic moment uh, in wrestling history. But something out of that that a lot of people don't know, and I'm going to throw it, you all may not know this, but everybody talks about Hogan slamming Andre. It's the first time Andre was ever slammed. It not, wasn't. Not true. 1983 in Mid-South Wrestling, Kamala. Kamala slammed him. That's slammed right. him, yeah. Yeah, Hogan was like the third person to slam him, I think, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. Was it Big John Studd who who slammed him to? Or, or, uh, it may have been. I, I'd have to look. Kamala's the only one I remember out of the first several. or first. If you're, couple. If you're listening, tweet us at Cassett Club on Twitter and let us know who it was. We know it was Kamala, but it was also someone before. Man, it's like Stan Hansen. I don't know. It was, it was one of those guys. I don't want to say Stan Hansen or, or uh, Big John Studd. I want to say maybe Big John Studd. I can't remember. Anyway. Guys, what else we have? We have anything else for them? I gotta, I gotta get in our talking indies and okay, uh, our indie minute for the week. Some exciting things that are taking place. Uh, Tuesday night has been a, a big night in question for wrestling fans. Um, uh, will NXT stay or go? Uh, is is sort of on everybody's mind. Uh, but there's a new challenger. There's a new challenger coming on to the TV, uh, and that is Major League Wrestling. Anybody oh, MLW. ever heard of MLW before? Yeah. I mean, uh, you've seen uh, – really, MLW uh, is where uh, a number of folks like MJF were, uh, were sort of discovered and brought into AEW. They've got uh, their own network uh, channel, and it will be coming on on Wednesday nights. So the Wednesday night wars are not over. Wow. Uh, even if, uh, if impact or excuse me, even if NXT heads off, uh, in impact news, uh, nothing, nothing's going on there. So that was talking <laughs> Indies. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, excuse, and I have one more actually for our foreign, uh, our foreign international wrestling minute. We talked a little bit about new Japan, uh, but the G1 Climax has been announced, the greatest tournament yes. in pro wrestling today. Yes. Uh, and my picks for A Block are Will Ospreay and for B Block, Kenta. So put your money on those. Uh, it's always an awesome, awesome tournament. Yeah, I love um, the G1. The G1, uh, Moxley was in it last year. Lance Archer and Moxley faced off for the U.S. title after yeah. a long bout throughout that, which is uh, Lance which Archer I hope and they- I hope they bring that storyline back in uh, and kind of acknowledge their past uh, a little bit. I do too. I do too. I hope that that happens. It, that can um, only help out. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally uh, in our talking international wrestling NXT UK gets a mid card championship. Yeah. However, it is not uh, a title belt. It's if in fact a cup and it's going to be a tournament uh, that they're going to launch, and then that the the winner of that tournament uh, will defend such a title um, throughout. So hey, NXT UK borrowing a little bit of the New Japan style with uh, with a cup uh, with a cup win. You love um, a tournament. You love a tournament, Michael. I love a tournament, so I'm excited <laughs> to see, and hopefully one day uh, 
this golden cincture will allow everybody to know the golden tournament opportunity I have for AEW. Oh, get out of here with your golden cincture. All right, guys, let's We've had enough. Let's get out of here. Um, it was fun. It's a good show. I just got to put a shout out real quick to Gerald Briscoe. I was sorry to see he got officially uh, yeah. released after 36 years. So Man, that's tough. Yeah. WWE's most profitable uh, uh, year yet. They're throwing people off the ship. How about yeah, that? That's crazy. But whatever. Enough. That's We've buried them enough. <laughs> we we got to save some for next week. Um, all right, guys. It was good to uh, be with y'all. Uh, Catch us on uh, on Twitter, like I said, at Cassett Club, and uh, weigh in on on all the things we've talked about. Uh, subscribe to us on your favorite pod, favorite podcast platform. If you go to Apple, please leave us a five star review and a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Like, subscribe, download, listen, all that good stuff. And never forget, some clubs last uh, for a moment with a handshake on NXT. Some clubs become evil in Japan, but the Cassock Club is for life. That's right, baby. All right, we'll see y'all next week. Peace.